Yeah. We're live. Come on in, everybody. Can you hear me okay? Can you see me okay? Let us know in the comments where you're from. I saw the comment Farzad in a long time and I legitimately left <laughs> before we went live. <laughs> Two minutes late, bro. Look at the even producer wife. My God. Make sure you can hear us okay. Producer wife's in the background. This is just going to be a community stream, y'all. It's just going to be us. It's going to be this group right here. Myself and y'all in the comments section. Later on the stream, we'll put a link in the comments for y'all to jump on, share a thought, share a question. There's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of stuff going on. A lot of good stuff. A lot of not so great stuff. And one of the interesting things for me um, as of late has been sort of hearing feedback from both sides. You know, hearing sort of the, the positive side of all the great things that Tesla's doing and the awesome momentum and all the great things, things Twitter is doing, all the great things SpaceX is doing. The execution stuff is like on point. But then there's also a lot of folks that are not very happy with a lot of different things with how the communities hand or how the companies and Tesla specifically is handling communications. A lot of talk about PR. I'm sure as you follow this channel, uh, for those of you that do, that do, you've seen uh, hopefully a diverse group of thoughts from my guests, my community members, people in the comments section. And and one of the things that I'm super proud of is that we're building this community to be extremely respectful. And also super open to uh, listen to all ideas from and thoughts and opinions from every part of the spectrum in the community, right? So uh, that's super awesome. That's super awesome, and and I really want to commend all of you for for that. Aaron Farzad, you're the greatest. <laughs> Thank you. Bruce's wife just bringing up comments, and she starts with this one. <laughs> Thank you. Love your kind and friendly way, and so insightful, cl- uh, calming in all of this chaos. Thank you, bro. Thank you, Aaron. That's super super sweet. I really appreciate that, man. Thank you so much. Uh, make sure you let us know where you're from. Where, where are you uh, calling? I was going to say, where are you calling in from? Queens, New York. Dude, producer wife lived in Queens for a while. Wow. What else? Where else we got? Yeah, yeah. She's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> DRK, longtime uh, mod, longtime listener of the, uh, of the channel as well. Thank you very much. Drop your questions. Drop your thoughts. Let's let's uh, let's start sort of working through some of them. I'll, I'll kind of, you know... I'll give my two cents, you know, and and I kind of gave my two cents a little bit with the conversation that I had with Gary and Alexander yesterday. I think the one thing I'm really noticing as of late is that it's it's a reminder that Tesla is very much if it was a person, <laughs> it was it would be a very high achieving engineer that has strengths and weaknesses right and so what, what i mean by this is at least from 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 uh the different kind of personalities and people that i've been exposed to in my life and my career which i'm very thankful to have that exposure i've noticed that there, there are select few people that are just such high achievers and they're so good at what they do that they're convinced <laughs> that the end result is all that matters. The path to that end result is ultimately what's most important. And how we get there is a short-term thing, and we shouldn't be too focused about it. Um, so like, for example, one of my, uh, in, in one, of my <laughs> one of my friends groups that I had earlier, there was somebody that, that, that was a very, um, a great engineer, super, super good at what they, what they did. And they were so convinced at the, at, that the end result was going to work out that 
the stuff that they were working on in the middle, like 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 how they were describing how they were approaching it, you know, like questions like, hey, you know, are, are you concerned about how this stuff is going to impact your set your team members, how uh, your work is going to impact people in different like the 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 parallel teams or teams that you know have some downstream effects from what you're working on, and he would literally say, I don't care because I know this is right, <laughs> and of course, if you're right in the end. Things could be forgiven, you know, once we get to that point. But it doesn't discount the fact that what's being worked in the middle is also very important. And so how how I view this as uh, within the context of Tesla is that Tesla is very much in that mold. They, the execution of the company obviously is, I would argue, probably second to none in, in, in the industry that it's in. So auto. Highest, highest, if not the highest, one of the highest, if not the highest margins from a product perspective Cash to debt ratio is stellar. Growth is stellar. Talent is stellar. One could argue when it comes to execution, leadership, stellar. There's a lot of great things going for it. But you, you think about the sort of environment that the company has created where it's been very... It, it, it's created this community around itself through a lot of transparency and a lot of openness in this sort of YouTube world and the Twitter world that is very passionate about what Tesla does and it's very passionate about what Elon Musk does and very passionate about the mission of the company, extremely passionate. And it's attracted a lot of, a lot of people to that mission through that, through that transparency of just being very human in, in the way that it, that it uh, sort of approaches and tackles problems. And now we're in this sort of different stage of the company where we've transitioned out of say 2016 to 2019, where the company really upholded these morals, call it, right? Morals. In a world that was almost out to get it, you know? For, for, for folks that have been company, following the company for a while, you know, you remember all the, the FUD attacks, the fear, uncertainty, and doubt attacks that the company had, all the short pressure. I was, I think, 40% short at one point in time. Daily news reports about how terrible of a person Elon Musk is, how incredibly stupid Tesla is as a business, how unreliable the cars are, car fires, autopilots killing people, all the workers are being treated unfairly. They're just a bunch of racists, right? I mean, <laughs> it's like crazy, absolutely crazy. And the company didn't have, per se, a means to de defend itself, I think, at that point. It, it could have, but not nearly as much as it does now. It, it was strapped for cash quite a bit. And the organic YouTube and Twitter community that was born out of that hardship, so your Dave Lees, your Galleys, your SMRs, your K10s, your Omars, your uh, everybody, Kim Paquettes. There's just so many people I could name. Warren Redlicks. There's so many different people you know, that, that, that started coming up during that time. Rob Maurer, if I didn't mention him. And, and so many others that came to say, quote unquote, rescue of the company from, from like the standpoint of ensuring that the perception of the company was corrected, that the fear, uncertainty, and doubt sort of mission of the forces that wanted Tesla to, to topple was corrected. And they did so not because the company asked them to, but because they wanted to. And I think they would tell you that. And I'm, I'm kind of speaking on their behalf when I say that. But after speaking with a lot of them in person and sort of gauging their character, they struck me as people that came to that company 
that company's defense because they're passionate about what the company stood for and what the leader stood for. And that's why I'm here. I'm no different, right? The difference now, though, and this is sort of, I think, what's one of the pain points in the community, one of my areas of criticism that I think the company should consider is that now the company is in a very stage, in a very different stage of its life cycle where it has that financial stability. There's no other car company. And again, Tesla's not really a car company, but let's if let's define it by the measure of how many cars they sell per year. A gigantic percentage of their revenue is automotive. But their financial situation and their growth rates are very not very much not, which implies that the company is super well positioned to execute in whatever they feel like executing in. Right. So within that frame of reference or, or that that sort of thing I just outlined, I find it a little bit sort of weird that the company is I don't want to say it's unwilling, but it doesn't. They haven't really prioritized number one the different things that happen in say media, the FUD that could derail sentiment for the company. And of course, we can talk about is that even does that even matter or not? But I just find it odd <laughs> that a company that's as successful as it is doesn't view that as something that it, it should pay attention to in, in a sense, especially as its influence grows and as its uh, ability to make impactful change grows. You know, it's no secret that the bigger Tesla gets, the more hate is going to get. The whole Twitter thing is a perfect example, right? So that's that's one thing. And then the other thing too is I think because the Tesla community and, and, and folks that are so passionate about Tesla and Elon and all, those, all, the, other, all the other companies... I don't want to say they've gotten used to it, but we're all so willing to fight the FUD <laughs> that I think it might be hiding some of the pain points that come from being in the environment that we're in and the company is not really putting any resources or time or effort in, into doing that, right? So what I mean by that is perhaps the Twitter sphere, the Tesla sphere that's out there fighting FUD and on behalf of the company might in some way Tesla's in a way, perhaps like, well, you know, they've got it. And I'm not saying they're doing that, but I, I wonder if there's a little bit of, you know, they've got it. It's sort of, you know, we've tried in the past. We have this very natural, very, very organic community around it. That's quote unquote, protecting the brand and protecting how people should perceive the company. And that's going to be more powerful than whatever we do. So, you know, let them, let them do it. And I, you know, I don't necessarily disagree, but I think as a company gets bigger <laughs> and, and, and these voices become harder, I do think there is a little bit of, it's going to be much more impactful if the company itself were to do that, say, FUD fighting or communicating with the, with the world on how well it's executing. You know, like your Sawyer merits, myself, whoever, just pick whoever you want. Uh, definitely not me in, within that context, but let's pick Sawyer Merritt and, as an example. Sawyer is so good at taking a lot of information that comes out on Twitter, uh, data points, and then framing them in a way that is actually, it makes a lot more sense than whatever the headline is from, the, from, the, uh, from say, the mainstream, mainstream media article. But I think at some point, that sort of messaging would be so much more impactful if it came from a Tesla-approved account or some sort of 
account that's that's backed by Tesla that says, yes, this is how we're doing. There's only so much weight I think people in the Tesla community have in conveying the FUD fighting or the positive things about the company and Elon Musk and all that good stuff. And I think we're at the point now from a size perspective that I think Tesla should really seriously consider it. They should seriously, they should really seriously consider it. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know what the right answer is, but it's very obvious to me that there is a significant portion of the community, right or wrong, I'm not saying if it's correct or incorrect, but it's reality that there's a significant portion of the community that is uneasy about where the company's perception is and the leader's perception is and the stock's performance and uh, so, so the haziness about what's going to happen here in the next year or two. And all of that, I think, is also amplified in the fact that we're in a recessionary environment and there's folks hurting, you know? And I don't think that should be ignored. And I think that should be looked at. Um, I think that should be looked at. I think that should be looked at. And, and, and I'm not saying here that Tesla's ignoring it. But I do think a little bit more action from that perspective might be helpful. And even in, say, two to three years' time, if and when, when FSD is complete, when the Tesla bot is about to launch, when Cybertruck is out on the roads and all this good stuff, Tesla Semi, all of this could be for naught, sure. But the fact that the company is executing this well and a lot of the retail community doesn't, doesn't feel like that's enough in itself says that something needs to be fixed, right? So that's, those are my thoughts. That's how I'm thinking about this whole thing. And I'm trying to be as impartial as, and unbiased as humanly possible. I think one of my roles in this community is to be some sort of voice for the community itself. But at the same time, I think I bring value in analyzing the situation. And what my gut is telling me is that, yes, I think we will be fine. Because if there's one thing Tesla does extremely well and they have a track record of as execution... But when a significant portion of the retail base doesn't view that as enough, then there has to be some, there has to be like, or they don't view that as an, as, as, as something that's actually going to happen, or they view like the leader doesn't have their best interest in mind. That's, we need to, we need to think about, we need to actually agree that that is a problem and we need to look at how we should fix it, but we should do so with an open mind and we should do so through dialogue and we should do so through hearing the other side instead of saying well just if you just focus on the fundamentals you shouldn't even worry about it or you know the other thing that i don't like hearing is like well you shouldn't have invested in the company in the first place i don't know if that's the right message we want to send i think i think the tone needs to be very different and it needs to be more understanding but let's but let's let's also stay on the facts right stay on the facts that the company is extremely well positioned to survive into the next few years and decades but again, if that in itself is not enough to appease an investor, then there's something else going on. There's something else going on. And it could just be as simple as holding a Q&A session, bro. Like it could just be like Tesla and Elon's like, yo, let's hold a Q&A session for two and a half hours with our investors. Let them air out their grievances and what they're concerned about. And then do so once every six months. I don't know, like, like be innovative, right? And this is where 
I start feeling like Tesla and Elon can do a really good job here is that innovate, innovate on your communications with a retail investor, innovate on your, on your um, ability to fight FUD. Like these are things that are within the wheelhouse of problem solving and it deals with human emotion. Yes, but it's still a problem that can be solved, you know, and I think it's important enough. And this is sort of the double-edged sword of having such a large retail investing community as well. For the last, ever since Tesla's inception, and Elon has done an incredible job with this, he's gathered so much support from the retail shareholder. And props to him, he's done an excellent job at bringing returns to those investors. Such a good job. In the same token, Tesla has grown to a much bigger size. Its retail investor base is significantly larger than it used to be. And that's one of the tasks of being, that's one of the things that public companies have to do, especially if you are, especially if you're positioning yourself in a situation where you are catering to so many retail investors and you have been so open about saying, we love the retail investor, you know, I'm not going to let you down Buy the dip. <laughs> like, you know, these are, very, these are things that Elon Musk has said, right? So <laughs> by the, I still can't believe he said that, but he said it. So, yeah. So at Tesla, I think it would go a long way if they prioritize that. You know, of course, engineering is the most important. Of course, ensuring that your ramps and your execution of the company from a product and service standpoint is really going to be your bread and butter. But if you've invested so much time in building the community that you have, when the going gets rough, I think it's important to also listen to those that are in pain and to try your best to and you know let them know that it is going to be fine and it shouldn't be up to me it shouldn't be up to Dave it shouldn't be up to Sawyer it shouldn't be up to SMR it shouldn't be up to Rob it shouldn't be up to Warren it shouldn't be up to Gary it shouldn't be up to any of these people it should be up to the company to ensure that the execution of the company itself is really what matters and and we should be focusing on the positives and not the quote unquote, the noise that's happening now. Right. So 18 minutes of rant time there. Let me know what you think. Throw a comment. Let me know your thoughts. Producer wife, bring up some of the thoughts. And also let's, let's go ahead and post a link for people to join live as well. If you want to share a thought live, if you want to share a question live. Um, yeah. We'll post a link here at the top of the comment section. And uh, we'll go ahead and read some uh, some comments here. So, producer wife, I just threw you like seven things to do here. Uh, let's go ahead and <laughs> post that link, and then I'll bring up some of the um, some of the some of the comments here. Uh, oh, there we go. She she just posted it. But yeah, I would love to hear your thoughts. I let you know what I let producer wife bring them up because I don't want to like bias my selection of comments to. Um, you know, pick ones that I like to see, even though I try very hard not to do that. Um, I, I am uh, officially encouraging producer wife to challenge what I've just said and just be open about bringing up the comments that you think make the most sense. So producer wife, go for it here. And I'll pin the, um, I'll pin the, I'll pin this at the top here and then we'll take it from there. Uh, Karen rise, any chance, uh, they're letting this happen. So the buyback is cheaper. I don't know. I mean, I think <laughs> you have to think the buyback itself is very, um, if it's five to ten billion dollars, it's going to be single-digit percent of the market cap of the company. So, like, if the market cap right now is like what four hundred billion, let's just assume that's the case. A five billion buyback is a one percent buyback. 
a 10 billion buyback is a 2% buyback, right? So it's, it should only theoretically impact the valuation of the company uh, by single digit percentages. I think it's more a signal to the market and to the investors that says, hey, we're very confident that our cash generation is going to be very, very strong into the future. And we're sh this is our show. This is our show of this. So yeah. Um, all right. Looks like we have a guest. Jeff, what's up, man? Not good. How about yourself, Rashad? I'm doing great, man. How can I help you? Hey, I was just uh, had some thoughts about Elon and Twitter. And, sure. and uh, I've viewed it. I've been a longtime Elon supporter back for when the, like the Roadster first came out. And I believe that he's the only one that's even serious about saving us from the climate change and stuff. Sure. And, uh, you know, him buying Twitter, you know, it's I, I come down to it as, you know, I can I can ignore Trump just as well now as I ever ignored Trump when he was on there forever. When I sure. I never read it, what he had to say. So, sure. you know, but the importance of having some place that is free and open that you can you know, express your views, whatever they are, as long as, you know, it's not direct threats of violence or, you know, really, you know, I mean, it's literally defined in one of the Supreme Court cases, what is defined that, you know, like yelling fire in a theater or things like that, right. like certain things, are, you know, aren't protected, but you know, it's pretty obvious from the Twitter files that, um, you know, all big tech's been in cahoots with the government. Who else, whoever else just wants to have things taken down, including like meet Kevin. You know, he's pretty upset about, you know, when he was running for governor of uh, California, that he could be shadow banned as easily as he could be. And, right. you know, it, but it also gets hard just all the. You know, I'm a left wing media person and, you know, they've just been, you know, every day it's, you know, hate on Elon, hate on Elon, you know, Elon's horrible. He's this awful billionaire, and, you know, and it's funny they do it with the Chiron of their Twitter handle right below, you know, <laughs> when they're going off on him. It's just like, come on, you know, <laughs> let's at least not be hypocritical here, you know, if. Yeah, you know, for sure. And I, I might note in the comments that I just saw a story that he took down some kind of sex porn ring on that's been they've been trying to take down on Twitter for like years, I guess now, and weren't able to do it. And he got in there and nine days later, on day nine, he had it fixed. It's right. you know, it's gone for you sure. Know, so. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, a hundred percent here. I'll, I'll, I'll address your thing real quick and then we'll let the, yeah, let me, no, for sure. I really yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate you. Thank you very much, man. Bye. Producer wife. Let's do them one at a time <laughs> so we can address the question <laughs> directly. Let's do uh let's do Tesla here. Cause, uh, and then we'll do Donald next. How's that sound? Um, actually, I guess we'll have them both on. She's forcing me to do this. Go ahead, Tesla. <laughs> uh, yeah, what I was saying is, if you piss if you piss off your most ardent supporters, it really doesn't make a difference if you're right or wrong. But you've done something wrong. That that's mm -hmm. it. Um, there is a there is a deficiency. Otherwise, his biggest fanboys, or at least a portion of that, him, them wouldn't be pissed off. And um, I think, like you know, 
part of it is just a complete, and again, I think part of it is a psychological issue. I think these are his defects. And I think part of it is he, he appears to lack empathy. So, you know, he's a billionaire. So if the stock goes down, it might be like really complicated for him. I'm not, not, not going to say it's not, but it doesn't impact whether he's going to eat or not. And I don't think mm. he ever communicates that to like the average shareholder. Uh, I, I think he communicates that he's going to do whatever he's going to want to do. And that was concerning to me also today where um, uh, Leo, the mm -hmm. largest shareholder, he basically Third largest, yeah. Yeah, he, he uh, blocked him on Twitter and he did it with somebody else, too. To me, that's childish. That's not that's not engaging in in uh, adult behavior. And and what leads me to the conclusion that it's psychological and I've never worked for Tesla, but I would bet you if you, you're in a factory and you brought him a better method to do something, he would be open to it and would immediately implement it. But if you told him something about his interpersonal skills and that he should kind of maybe uh, change something, he would immediately kind of act out uh, in an emotional way and not try to, try to improve that his skills. And mm. you know, to me, like... I, I say this in a somewhat flippant way, and I've mentioned this before. He needs a best friend, somebody who can tell him you're being an asshole, that he doesn't act resistant to, either a best friend or a therapist, but somebody who actually can speak to him and that he won't feel attacked by, and then mm. he can improve his his interpersonal uh, relations. Anyway, thanks a lot. Good, Have yeah. a good day. Be well. I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you very much. That those are those are uh, very helpful thoughts. Yeah, I think, I think the um, yeah, those, I mean, those are very valid points, right? It's it's like I'm not going to uh, diminish or amplify someone's thoughts. I think that's right on point. Let's bring on the next one. Isha, hey. what's up, dude? I'm good. I'm good. How are you, man? I'm doing great, man. How you feeling? What you hey. got? Good. So you know, uh, our dear friend Tesla stole my thunder. I was about to. Come in and say that, hey, you know what? It's all about the dopamine and the serotonin. You know, uh, last three years, I think, uh, oh, well, two years, everybody who'd invested in Tesla was basically on, you know, a dopamine shot. And then 2022 came along and everybody's uh, having withdrawal symptoms. And, you know, uh, I'm a little, uh, I would say, surprised at uh, very, not only large shareholders, you know, uh, Leo and others as well, uh, who are saying some very strange things. For example, hey, buyback right now, really? Um, we see that there is a serious, uh, you know, it, it's quite possible that uh, Tesla is having some problems moving large volumes in China right now, right? We see the numbers, but it's quite possible. Right. Um, we see that, hey, there's about to be a significant amount of, uh, you know, volume expansion that needs to happen in the next uh, year or two, especially in the U.S. with the IRA. Uh, there's a lot of CapEx that's going to go in there. Um, and, you know, with the world conditions as is, you know, China might go to war at any point in time. Uh, there is one that's happening. Everybody thought it's going to be like, you know, a 15 day thing is gone on for what? I don't know. Is, is it 15 months or 15 years already? Right. Mm -hmm. no. Yeah. So it's been a minute. Uh, 
Yeah. So, uh, I mean, why would Tesla want to do a buyback at this point in time? And Elon has said it's it's up to the board now. You know, it's been put on the table. So, sure. uh, I mean, it's it's not something that uh, uh, I think is even a point worth discussing. Uh, as a shareholder, I'd say, hey, don't do a buyback. Uh, keep that you know cash uh, available. And then the second thing is people are saying that you know our dear friends Ross, uh, Gary, others uh, they should be on the Tesla board. I mean, really come on. I mean, we'd lose these amazing voices in the community, man. I mean, I'm being selfish here, you know. Um, I like having them on the streams, you know. I like uh, being able to talk to them, ask them questions, and who doesn't, right? So come yeah. on, yeah, guys, don't don't do that because you know that we'll not be able to. They they'll not be able to give us interesting uh, tidbits you know this happened with uh galley and um Archimoto. like he was one of the best voices about Archimoto um on youtube and then he joined the board and mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. so anyways I, i'm just saying that it's it's you know it happens it's a withdrawal symptom everybody's gonna you know get back to uh normal in some time uh, I believe, you know, 23 might not be such a great year. 24 will, right? And in the meantime, if uh, somebody needed that cash, too bad, bad timing. But Elon did warn all of us. Fair enough. Fair enough. Thank he you. did warn. Thank you, Ishan. Appreciate you, brother. Take it easy. Bye. Let's bring in the next one. I love this. I'm just going to let folks speak their mind and then... We're going to see what they have to say. I love it. Thank you, Ishan. What's up, Donald? How you doing, man? Oh, uh-oh. I'm mute. There it hey, is. Hey, dude. Can you hear How's me? How's it going? Yes, sir. What you got? Okay. Uh, can I do two things here today? Sure. Yeah, we have a couple people in the wings, but yeah, go for it. First thing is, can we all appreciate this semi? Dude, this <laughs> totally rocks, man. <laughs> right? We need to like have a positive spin on this. So... Here's a little bit of data here. You know, there's all kinds of data, how much they burn. But um, I just want to focus in on the teeny tiny little baby uh, thing, idling. Okay, I looked it up and it looked like 51 years of idling in 2021. In other words, all the trucks in the U.S. idled for 51 years, Mm -hmm. equivalent, right? So that is essentially 360 gallon 360,000 gallons and you need trucks to move that around and all that stuff so it's 365,000 gallons just to sit in a it's parking crazy. lot okay so that's a thousand ca- uh, gallons a day holy crap crazy. you know okay so just that little part and the whole 1.7 um uh kilowatt hours per mile yep. right no one is doing it on twitter we saw people doing 2.25 even three kenmore is way out there you know so dude this is this breaks open the, the whole thing you know mm-hmm. now the second thing is um uh the pr stuff that you guys have been languishing over you know last several times right and Mm -hmm. people keep on talking about it in a forum like this 
Okay. Mm -hmm. Actually, I think PR should be done out there on the road having fun. You know, all of us. This is boring right here. We should (laughs) stream from the cars and, you know, go to the parks and walk our dogs and have have them jump in and go to the movies and, you know, talk to people while the panel kind of thing can be you seeing someone and they want to talk to your to you about the tesla that you own you know mm-hmm. right live and you know get people's reactions get people excited right on camera live what we're doing here only out there mm. and having fun dancing with it you know it just grab your what they they download a thing and christmas time with, where yeah like a does the the dancing thing stuff. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Get the hell out there and stream it outside, <laughs> dude. You're going to start a new YouTube channel, Donald? That's what you should do. <laughs> well, I just got my Tesla, so I just might do that. Right? Look at that. But That's awesome. Every, the That's a great PR, idea. The PR, yeah. it needs to be out there and about, okay? Not here in these stuffy little panels. I mean, sometimes in the panels, because we could talk about this, and mm-hmm. we could talk about, you know, the semi and a path to 1.5. Holy shit. What the heck? You know, people need to know this. What? 1.5? Yeah. Yeah. You know, get them excited. Pump them up. You know, it's not a pump and dump, but it just, you know, I'm so pumped about it. Get people excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah, I hear you. you. I hear you, Donald. So so those are the two things. There's many, many other things, but those are the two things I really wanted to say today. PR is, if we're going to do it, we need to be excited about doing it. And two is those idling freaking trucks. They're going to go away. I'm so happy about that. Yeah. You yeah. and I both, man. You and I both. Thank you so much, Donald. Appreciate you as always. All right. Thank you, sir. Have a good one. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Awesome. I love you guys, by the way. Sid, what's up, dude? Hello. I hope you guys can hear me. Hi. Yes, sir. Uh, you can. Oh, great, great. So I heard your, uh, I saw your uh, today's video with uh, Alexandra and Gary discussing Mm -hmm. the Tesla FUD. Mm -hmm. And uh, what do you think will happen if Leo, Leo Coggan ends up selling his Tesla stock? The way he was reacting today in his uh, wise tweets, uh, that's not something that you see from a billionaire. Uh, and mm. especially a guy who's as cool and easygoing as he is. So mm-hmm. I think I think his uh, tweets are more of a frustration, and it's actually aimed at Elon to 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 do something about it. I believe last time Elon said he quote unquote noted, noted. his comment about yeah. So, so this is just his way of saying, hey, what did you do about that stuff, right? And I'm sure behind back doors. They've talked to this gentleman, and uh, I don't know if things have gone. Um, I, I suppose things have gone in the right direction, which is why he's throwing this frustration out in in media. What do you think will happen if he he goes ahead and sells his his stock? Yeah, that's a great question. So I I don't think he will sell. Uh, to be completely honest, the, the the way I the way I view it, like that's not even part of my 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 equation, and and mostly because I think. Like him as I followed him for a while and he's very, I think he's very much a hundred percent bought into what Tesla is as a company. And I think he views his role as a voice for people that have frustration as a retail shareholder. So I think, I think he's using his platform 
to bring that voice forward. And, um, you know, and I'm sure people know that follow the Tesla community. Uh, Elon unfollowed him today. I don't think he got blocked. I think uh, Tesla said he got blocked. I believe he was unfollowed. But that in itself is, is sort of something that says, hey, like, I get it. <laughs> right, I get right. it. You know, like, I get it, which is fine. I think I think. And, th and this is sort of like the, the beauty of the of the times that we live in now is that now there's more and more people that feel emboldened to really speak up and really, you know, uh, speak their mind. And I think this is just a byproduct of that. And we are in a in a just a, in, a, in a weird time. We haven't had a recession really for of this magnitude, it appears like that we're going to go into in a while. The stock market's taking a dump. In 2020 and 2021, a lot of people were putting their their net worth into Tesla, right? So it's like we have a lot of dynamics that's causing a lot of um, emotion, emotion, which a lot of it is correct, and we're human beings, right? So I think Leo coming out and doing that, I think it's just him trying to be a voice for the people, and uh, Twitter being a oh, oh, what he perceives as is the people's opinion, or and as well as how he feels, you know. So and I don't think there's anything more than that. And I think I think it's just literally he's been beating the drum. Elon's like, I got it, bro. And then he keeps beating the drum. He's like, okay, I don't need to follow you. Right. I really think that's just what happened, right? And I think it's probably going to be um, resolved. I, I think this is just a short-term thing. Remote emotions are running high. And I think folks will come around to it. Every, every, every person is, I think, every person is subject to this, this type of thing. You know, we're all human. And... Uh, mm -hmm. In the end, as long as, again, it goes back to as long as we're executing and we're having like an open dialogue about what's going on, nothing but good things will come. And you have to go through these moments to kind of get there. So uh, does that answer your question? Yep. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you, Sid. Appreciate you, man. Yep. Take it easy, brother. Bye. All right. Great commentary so far. Let's bring in the next one. Tony, what's up, man? Hey, Farzad. How you doing? Good. How are your hands? Uh, they've been healing. I've been in physical therapy. So awesome. This, this one or yeah, this one still can't quite bend it all the way, but yeah, uh, should be going back Great to, to hear. work like right after new year's. So great to hear to brother. That. Great to hear. Yeah. So how can I, help um, you? I guess the main thought that I have, and it relates to the economy and the semi, and I'm curious if anyone else has had this thought, but I've always thought that since, um, you know, going back however long, I'm not sure how much of this year it was, but I feel like it was most of this year there were there was like rumblings of the semi truck coming like, oh, it's really going into production. And to me, that always seemed like, oh, that's a sign that Tesla thinks the economy is about to take a dump and the economy is mm. going to get worse. Because when I think about it, like, OK, so there's about 12, 12 or 13 Model Y batteries in a semi. Right. So that's like 900,000 in retail sales if you put them into Model Ys versus the last stated price we had for a semi was 200,000. You know, there's, there's no way they make more money on a semi than a Model Y unless they either use the semi internally. So they make their money back over time in cost savings uh, or they can't sell enough Model Ys. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm not like down enough to think that Tesla is going to have untapped uh, productive capacity when the economy really gets bad. But what could likely happen is that the upper range of the product line uh, gets replaced or, or like you know, when people go out to buy a Tesla, instead of buying a long range, they'll get something with an LFP battery. And mm -hmm. I think Tesla saw that, was thinking about that and said, okay, it's time to push, push the semi button because we might have a bunch of 2170 cells, you know, the combination of more batteries getting produced, people buying lower, like the lower cost short range cars because the economy is going to go bad. And, mm -hmm. you know, they can shuffle things around in the factory so that all the 
productive capacity switches to LFP cells, right? And, and keep, mm. keep that going. Uh, and also like the imperative of the main thing we have to do is, is keep growing and keep taking up the supply chain because they know that there's not enough supply chain for everyone else to ramp. So if, if everyone else stumbles or if there's a stumbling block for all auto sales, all auto manufacturing, because there's a, a really terrible economy, they need other places to sink those cells. And, mm. and that's why they, they push the semi button. Cause I, I, you know, like they announced it five years ago, I think they figured out most of it like three years ago and they were just mm. waiting for the most strategic time when it would make the most sense to do, mm. to, to roll it out, which would, you know, would be what we're heading into right now, which is a, a really real recession. And both of those things are going to play out there. Like, you know, maybe one more so than the other, but I think the first year and a half, maybe two years of semi-production outside of their strategic partners like PepsiCo or Walmart are just going to be used within within Tesla. Like they're, they're probably going to need like 5,000 semis just to deliver cars. And that's, that's like the first six months of production. If you really think about how the ramp goes. Right. Yeah. And then after that, like, why wouldn't they want to get these semis into the hands of, of their suppliers? like strategically reduce the cost in the supply chain above you, like everything in that supply chain, all the way down to whatever truck hauls the ore <laughs> from the pit sure. to the, to the grinder should be a semi before they even think about selling semis to, you know, Amazon or whoever you could think of. Right. Sure. Sure. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's an interesting way of thinking about it. I, I haven't thought about it that way. I think that the way I've been conceptualizing semi is, the it, it the the supply the supply side bottleneck is finally released either through additional supply like additional say ores and all this stuff uh, but i never thought about it the flip side where the the batteries that would have been used for model y in the sort of demand landscape that they thought they were going to have in 2023 is potentially not there anymore and so they're thinking about shifting that production over to semi and instead pushing it forward. But then the other, the flip side of that too is it was unveiled five years ago at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Like it was unveiled a long freaking time ago. You have customers that have placed down orders. You can only delay a product so long, <laughs> you know, yeah, especially, especially if it's tied to the mission, you know, like, cause that's how they conceptualize it. a lot. What it was a 20, 20% of pollution comes from semis, 30% from particulates or something. That's fucking crazy, dude. Yeah. That is insane. It's, so at some point you gotta, you gotta still, uh, build out products that are really tied to the core mission. But if, if what you're saying is true, which it very well could be, I think that's another, yeah, it could be a little bit of both, but that's again, it, I, I view it as a bullish thing because guess what? Now Tesla is not stuck in a situation where it has to lay off workers in the worst case scenario. Mm -hmm. They can actually shift production. Yeah. And guess what? They'll still be going full and board. They'll just be moving stuff around to your point. I think Cybertruck also plays into this too, because Cybertruck's another another vehicle that you know you likely only would be able to make it with 2170s or 4680s. And also when the Cybertruck is out, how many people who you know, would, would look at like, say a, a model three performance or a model Y performance or whatever might go for a cyber truck instead. So, so like, it's kind yeah. of like how the, the model three performance in some ways cannibalized the model S and it. now this could lead to a landscape where more and more model threes and model Ys become standard range with LFP packs 
because sure. that that like person who could go to the higher range might think, well, if I could spend an extra ten thousand dollars get a cyber truck, like yeah, no, why for not? Sure. Right? Yeah. So Makes sense, man. and and this also feeds into Tesla's overall strength of just being it being uh battery and chemistry and cell agnostic. <laughs> like it's it's crazy to think about how GM has had all these recalls with the LG cells. Tesla uses LG cells too, but they're right. they're cylindrical cells. They're not these pouch cells. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, um, they haven't had those problems. Yeah, it's fascinating stuff. Yeah, these are great points. Thank you, man. Thank you for coming on, Tony. Appreciate you. Hope you continue healing well. Take care. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. All right. Next on deck, I see a familiar face. <gasps> da -da -da -da. What's up, Amit? What's up, brother? How are you? Too legit to quit, Amit. I Too love legit. It. How's it going? Uh, this video going is sponsored by Idea.io. Check it out. Go for it. <laughs> I appreciate you, man. So first of all, so I want to talk about Twitter. I want to ask you a question on Twitter. First of all, congrats mm -hmm. on all the success you're having on Twitter. You are absolutely blowing up, and I just I love to see it. You're becoming like a, a main guy in the, in the Tesla community. I think people are looking up to you as authentic. And I want to make a point about this real quick just for your audience. Breaking into a community that's crowded in terms of social media and content is not easy. And I know you worked at Tesla, which gives you a lot of credibility, right? That's kind of your new, unique angle. But still, man, content's, <laughs> content's hard. Content is hard, and you know this, right? So yeah, it's just thank you, man. Awesome. That means a lot. That means a lot coming from another uh, creator who I really respect. I really appreciate that, brother. Thank you, very yeah. kind. No, and, and you, you so I, I love it. It's it's doing an amazing job. So here's my question: Me and Tom were debating about this today. Elon Musk bought Twitter for supposedly free speech, right? He believes that free speech is 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 under attack, and he wants to sort of open that up and make it clear. I want to run this by you. I agree with that argument. I agree that I think that's where his intent was. I don't think he cares about. He wants to make it profitable, but he's, this wasn't a money-motivated decision, obviously. Mm -hmm. If colonizing other planets and saving the world from climate change and transferring us to sustainable energy are the, let's say, top two priorities that I think he's made very clear this is what we his life is dedicated to, do you think, forget about the stock price, do you think that focusing on the mission of free speech via a platform like Twitter is helping us become a multi-planetary species and and get the world to sustainable energy or is it hindering from the pure perspective that is time is now split across all three of these girls whereas one of them matters free speech but the other two really matter because if we don't have another planet or we don't save our planet we mm. die so i guess my question is do you think free speech as a mission gets us to the really two big goals that he actually cares about yeah 100 percent. i mean i mean you think about uh, think about the context of a of a of a society that's not able to freely share ideas right so like free free speech to me, like, of course, it's part of it is uh, allowing people to speak their mind. It's ensuring that there isn't a power that's oppressing people. It's a lot of that. But it's also a mechanism that maximizes for ideas to flow freely and for ideas. And that's ultimately what are what, the, the mechanism that you need to build stuff. <laughs> you need to have ideas to make stuff. And so if you maximize the chances of a society to have a forum where any and all ideas can be shared between that society, then you're maximizing the chances for the solutions and the bottlenecks to come to the, um, say, in front of your face as quickly as humanly possible so you can fix them. That's how I view it, you know? And then, but, but then even set that aside, I think Twitter has the opportunity of becoming like and i made a video about this like human os 
in a yes. way. Like pair that yes. with Starlink, you know? You can do direct democracy to Twitter. You can, I don't know, just make it, you know, as more and more labor becomes automated and more and more physical jobs go away and everything's full self-driving and more of the world becomes much more, say, artsy-fartsy and much more um, digital, then a place like Twitter or X or whatever this thing becomes in the next 10 to 20 years or 50 years becomes a place for all humans to build the next generation of the economy. And if you're going to have a world that's going to become more and more automated and there's more and more chance for disruption when it comes to human labor, ensuring you have a place for human labor to continue but in a different form is extremely important to ensure that colonizing the, the universe is democratized and it's just not reserved for the few. So, yeah. So I think yeah. I think it's very, very important. And I think him being, quote unquote, say, distracted or being pulled in multiple sides, I think is a disservice to the talented, incredible people at Tesla and SpaceX who do 99.999999% of the work. You know, Elon ain't doing that much, to be completely honest. Like he is amazing and he steers the ship and is a brilliant engineering mind. But the people that are shipping cars, building cars, making sure the service centers run, making sure the the rockets are being built, making sure the engines are being built, I think I think it's a disservice to them to say that Elon is a hundred percent of his time has to be a Tesla. Is it valuable? Of course, but at the same time, you got to delegate at some point. <laughs> you can't you can't yeah. run a hundred person company by yourself. So does that help? Does that answer your question? Yeah, that makes sense. Great answer. Appreciate Thank your brother. You, brother. Appreciate plug, plug your stuff, dude. Real quick, plug it. Uh, I, I appreciate that. If you guys want to check out Audia.io, it's uh, a new audio platform trying to become the YouTube of audio. A lot of Farzad's content is up there as well. So uh, you guys can definitely check it out. Thank you, Farzad, man. I appreciate it. Thank you, Mitt. Respect. Thank you very much. All right, bring in the next one. On to the next one. Joseph, what's up, dude? Uh-oh, we got, we, got we, got we got laggy, Joseph. You're on mute. You're on mute. Uh-oh. No, no, no. So maybe it's not that laggy, but how is it muted? Is it is it too bad? Uh, I can hear you now. I can hear you now. Okay. So great. Okay. So just a couple of quick things. Um, just in how amazing technology is. I'm like on my phone in my Tesla while I can watch the YouTube on the screen because I'm in a ferry ride, you know, in the Seattle oh, nice. area. Like, that's so awesome. there's, it's possible that the there will be a rift in time and space and everything will end because I don't know how, <laughs> how it all works and how all the data is moving back and forth. From it, so. Oh, my God. I, you're going to rip a freaking like tear in the universe there. <laughs> yeah. And if it happens, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> it's OK. It's It was worth it. What's up? We, we won't know the difference. It'll just be hopefully just. An instant. <laughs> um, uh, the second thing is um, I'm a, just a huge fan of you. I mean, ever since like I think uh, SMR gave me like did a thing on your video when when you first uh um when you first did uh a video about working at tesla anyway and i've, I've just been a humongous fan i, I just love the energy so and the much. positivity you bring to the entire space and i follow uh a lot of people in it just like a lot of the fans and people do so anyway just constantly bringing like bright shining light to to what is can just be such a crazy spot right so anyway thank you, thank My, you thank that you. means a lot man thank you so much that means a lot i really appreciate um, it thank you yeah, yeah, my pleasure. Uh, the third thing is like just a random thing. I just got this a couple weeks ago, and I wonder if you think that this is happening or could happen that all the mirrors on all of the Tesla vehicles be extremely easy to remove, just like betting on the day when the cameras will mm. be enough. <laughs> because like I never want to look at my rearview mirrors, and I wonder if, if just as an engineering thing, 
it'd be neat if they just had like a two bolt thing where, you know, owner operators could just pop the, pop the mirror off, you know, put on a little cover plate and then move on with their aerodynamically better vehicles. Anyway, just a mm. random thing. I think they would, the Tesla might benefit from. <laughs> I think that's a really good, I mean, that makes that so logical, right? Cause I mean, you think about like what comes, comes to mind for me is like a Jeep Wrangler. You can do that with a Wrangler. You can freaking take out the doors. I mean, you can, you can take out so much stuff. So like yeah. it would make so much sense, especially if Tesla is banking on say the, the cameras on the sides being your side view mirrors and say, but once they go autonomy, who cares? Right? Like none of this matters, but like if you are building a car that is going to be able to do that and removing the side view mirrors gives you what 5% to 10% of range back or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Uh, and it makes started it now, you know, and they were like, yeah. Hey guys, with your 2022s and onward, just pop those things off. We were anticipating it. You know, you thought your car was only getting better with software. Well, it's like hardware to upgradable too. <laughs> yeah, I, I would expect I would expect Cybertruck to have something similar, and I would also expect. I know they're working on the Model Three refresh at some point, which is going to require them to shift the lines up. They might build that into design as well. It's it's very logical and it makes a lot of sense. I think for existing vehicles, it's going to be tough because it's probably going to require them. I wonder if there's something with safety in mm. there where because it, it might be bonded to the A pillar in some way. And if sure. it, it's not as easy as just removing it. But yeah, from the standpoint of like talk about upgradability, you just upgraded your car by removing the side view mirrors by getting 5% more range. Like, why wouldn't you do that? Right. It's a great yeah. thought. Yeah. Yep. Appreciate you, man. Awesome. I have one more if you have the time. Yeah, please. Okay. Uh, my My thought is every factory that is producing right now is the last factories that will produce model threes and model y's because i think the next gigafactories were regardless of where they are will be concentrating on the gen 3 platform because those are intending to be twice as much production from half as much space at half the cost like it makes no sense for them to try to keep moving forward with model three mm. and model y production like the same way Model S and Model X have kind of tapered or like met their max like pricing tier, it's like mm. Y and um, three will probably do the same thing because the Gen three will be so much less expensive and more utilitarian. Like it, it the, just the service for the market will not drop off, but it might plateau relative to the to the utility of the next generation. That's a great question. I think that's more likely for the three. I don't yeah. think oh. that's nearly as much for the Y because I do feel like Y's market is significantly bigger than people think. I think it's three to four million a year uh, globally, at least, especially if you look at some of the trends in Germany from the Model Y perspective. I, Germans, like Europeans in general, don't like buying a bigger cars because the roads are narrow, you know, they value just sort of having something that's more compact. And from, from what I've seen and when I was in Ireland and I used to live in Spain, like everybody is on like little, you know, little, um, uh, Volkswagen polos or the equivalent, you know, like Peugeot 206s and stuff like that. But Model Y selling really well in places like Germany because people are really valuing the additional space to compactness ratio, it seems like. And it's also super efficient. And one of the reasons why so many people love small cars in Europe, because it's also extremely uh, cheap to run when you have $10 a gallon gas, right, in, in Europe. So 
Um, I think model wise, still there might be one more. Like say Indonesia, if they build one there, like another a- a- Asia Pacific factory, or maybe in- even another one in the U.S. could very well build out model Y. But I could see your argument for model three. I could because I think that market will get completely cannibalized by the next generation car. I think. I think it, I just don't see a point for, unless it becomes like more of a sporty. I don't know. It, it, Model Three is weird because I, I just don't see a future for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, in this landscape. So, yeah. Yeah. Fascinating stuff. Thank you so much, Joseph. I really appreciate. It. Seriously, the kind words mean a lot. And yeah, thank you so much for calling in. They're they're understated for sure. Keep keep. Oh rocking. my goodness. Thank you, man. Appreciate <laughs> awesome. you, brother. Bye. All right. Let's bring on about Ishan again, and then we'll do some comments as well. We'll make we'll make Ishan Hello. part two. Look at him. Hello. Uh, we'll, we'll make you the last the last call in, and then we'll do some comments. Go for it. Oh, so I came back because Amit asked this uh, question, and I saw it on the stream in the uh, morning as well. And uh, you know why did Elon do Twitter, or why is he doing whatever he's doing? Right. Uh, I like to think about it in two ways, uh, or two ways to explain it. Really, the first one being. Uh, He's talking about uh, humanity, right? Uh, he's talking about uh, betterment of humanity. So what are those vectors uh, along which humanity needs to be bettered and can be bettered? So, you know, if you look at um, humanity needs economic betterment, humanity needs uh, social betterment and so on and so forth. So, you know, for example, Tesla, is really a machine towards economic betterment. And why is that? Because um, we can talk about you know decarbonization, we can talk about global warming and everything as much as we want, but really the uh, today, the, there are two things that limit what human output can be. That is energy and labor, right? Uh, and that is precisely where uh, Elon has taken Tesla. And it's not about EVs and it's not about anything. It's about mm. getting to a point where there is abundant energy and abundant labor. And that solves a lot of uh, problems, uh, problems like, you know, what are, you know, the next uh, 10 billion people going to eat, you know, if you have enough labor and if you have, you know, his uh, brother's company is doing square roots, you know, um, high density uh, vertical agriculture. So, you know, uh, but, that's also to an extent a bit labor intensive because uh, again, uh, you know, we're talking about robots there, but robot is a form of labor, right? Mm. And Elon mm. is knee deep into uh, this thing. So thus, uh, the second vector is societal, you know, uh, today where we see that, hey, uh, people have found their flock online, right? Earlier, uh, there wasn't, uh, you know, people could not connect to billions of people uh, online and then really find that one small niche group that they have. Uh, so what that really allows for, you know, this is what's led to this echo chamber society. I think uh, that's been covered in great detail. But the fact is that uh, just by having a platform where you can be a global citizen, like truly a global citizen. And, you know, this is something that you're doing with this community forum, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. like, hey, I'm in India. You've got folks coming in from, you know, all around the world, right? And it's almost like, you know, uh, we're able to talk on the same topics with the same context. 
understanding the background of everything that we are talking about. This point. is really global citizenship, right? And great Twitter point. is a form of enabling that, that allows for different ideas to at least surface. And with that, what happens is there is a lot of, you know, like whenever you're getting exposed, uh, the chance of you being surprised by a new idea or having like a huge negative reaction to a new idea or an antagonistic idea is lower and that reduces the societal friction, mm. right? Mm. Folks are still welcome to their own ideas and to their friends' ideas, but knowing that there is a bigger world out there is mm. also so much important. I think Twitter is a big vector towards that. Then, you know, you'll see what happens if there's force measure, you know, mm. <coughs> Earth explodes, you know, there's, you know, an asteroid that comes and hits Earth and, you know, we've got calamity. That's where SpaceX comes, right? Um, the fourth vector is what happens if our machines sort of uh, beat us or become more intelligent than us? Uh, or how do we as uh, humans um, circumvent the limitations of biology? And that's where Neuralink comes in, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, it's all, tied together. all of the, <laughs> yeah. right, you know, uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. We've, in, in technology, uh, we sold to a lot of clients, digitization, digitalization, and digital transformation. You know, this is like a pipeline. So digitization of humanity came with the internet, with, uh, you know, uh, with the fact that there is information available. Digitalization of humans came with social media. And the fact that people could talk to each other across borders um, with, you know, the Facebooks and the Instagrams and uh, the YouTubes and all of the social media that's there. So, you know, this is really um, humans now have become digital selves of themselves. You know, their digital or online identity is what they identify with. Uh, their flock is who they identify with. But digital transformation, how do we get there? It's really yeah. being one with the information highway. And that is where Neuralink comes in. So these are all the, you know, attack vectors for making humanity better. And I think that is um, Elon's mission. And yeah. of course, the second way to explain all of this is just he's just being a good dad. You know, <laughs> sure. how are the sure. different ways the world's yeah. going to end and his children are going to die? You know, uh, there could be war. War could be international. War could be civil, you know. International war, you know, if everybody is sort of a global citizen, um, people talk to each other and I'm not talking governments, I'm talking, I'm saying people and it's yeah. the people who elect governments in most places. So the chances of, let's say, uh, you know, global nuclear war reduces because people are talking to each other and electing or removing governments that, you know, they don't like, right. And then civil war, right. civil war happens because primarily because of a rich poor divide and, you know, Ray Dalio goes into a lot of, uh, explanation as to why that happens, but yeah essentially a rich poor divide which is economic in terms right. so with tesla by inherently solving the economic uh, you know problems moving towards a world of abundance you're essentially removing you know yeah. uh, uh, it's that, very grand. that vector it's yeah. very very grand and i think and i agree with 100% with you that there is a there is a grander vision to all these different um say companies but they're really just they're really just pieces, they're pillars 
of what's required for the next generation of society to have the best possible future. I 100% agree with you. And they're, and they're all interconnected. As, yeah. You know, threads yeah. in a fabric. 100%. You know? Yeah, I, I agree with you. They all mesh together. So, yeah. Thank you so that's much. That's my hot take for the day. That was great. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Cheers, man. I'll see you around. Bye. All right, let's bring in the the last the last speaker. We have a, another special guest, my my brother from from Vancouver, bro. How's hey it going, guys. bro? Good. How are you? Can you hear me okay? How's it? Uh, I can hear you okay. You're laggy, but I can hear you just fine. You seem you seem to come in pretty clear. Your visuals are like, woo. Oh, okay. Maybe he can't hear me. Can you hear me? I I just wanted to say, are they okay? I'll I'll I'll, I'll try my best. I can't. Yes, it. I can't hear you. Okay. <laughs> to say i was really stoked to hear in the beginning of the stream you say that tesla should have some sort of communications pr department if you want to say so i'm very stoked to hear that you've turned the corner on that my friend because it's it and i and, and another thing i wanted to say and we could debate on that on, on on another stream but another thing i wanted to say is like i feel like we're all in a bubble of sorts uh talking about everything that's happening like it see it really does seem like it's way it's blown out of way proportion because we're spending all day on Twitter. We think the Twitter is the world. I think we all need to go out, touch some grass, talk to people in the real world because it's, it's not as overblown as I think we're making it out to be that everything that's happening, the unfollowing of Elon and on Kogan on professor Kogan and your retail investor sentiment. Like it's generally market wide, but I'm glad to hear that you created the space where we can all, kind of vent because i feel like at the very least like that's that's beneficial right so yeah that's the intention no i appreciate that yash yeah i i uh yes i definitely turned a corner on that thank you for uh you were just waiting patiently for me to just be like <laughs> oh no you're right <laughs> no i uh I, I definitely did and it just comes down to you know as i said previously it's like it just they have the means of the brains like why wouldn't you do it it's like it's it's so obvious right when when the view through that lens um but I, yeah, I, I, I appreciate sort of your perspective too, because ultimately, like the world does appear to be just a uh, a collection of bubbles. That's really what what it is, you know. Like each each person is living in their own little bubble. Not not to say that the hmm. that the bubble, the contents of the bubble, are not legitimate, but it is. I think super valuable. This is well, after you said what you did. After I'm done with the stream, I'm literally going to go outside and touch some grass, like physically touch some grass, and. I think it's important to step outside and really take in the rest of the world as a data point and then use that to say, is what I'm worried about really important in the things that are important to me? And I, that's where I view stepping out of the bubble to be super valuable. Because at the very least, it like helps strengthen your your core beliefs or it helps challenge them in a way that's healthy, right? So I really appreciate you uh, driving that message, Josh. Seriously. For sure. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll sign off now because I know that you that you need to sign off. But just I mean, no it's 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 interesting to see sentiment online be so negative. And, mm. you know, it's interesting on Elon's perspective as well. I heard you debating before with, OK, well, Elon is specifically not answering sent like this negative sort of sentiment towards Twitter, towards Tesla, because he's basically saying, like, if you're a long term investor, none of this matters sort of thing. Right. And I think though that's true, uh, I do think it doesn't have to be Elon that addresses maybe the China CEO thing. Like to my knowledge, and I've been kind of trying to stay offline today, that hasn't been addressed uh, yet, right? Like that report. And maybe yep. Elon looks at that report and looks, 
really at disgust at Ping West and goes like, they've screwed us before. Why should I even have to answer to this like junky report? And maybe that's true. Um, but it's catching enough headlines where just a, a subtle like answer towards it. Like it seems like there is some fire to that smoke maybe. Um, so, but remember, uh, I think everything is still Fed oriented today. I just wanted to say like yesterday, the Bank of Canada said, we're pretty much close. We're pretty much done at this point, like uh, raising rates. Uh, we're pretty much going to keep them here. So it seems like the geo world is kind of turning the tide on on the rate on the rate hikes at least for the time being. Mm-hmm. I, I you know I don't think the 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 Federal Reserve will be that far away. And I think as soon as that happens, I think we probably start seeing a, a, a difference in sentiment across all equities and not just Tesla. So much love, yeah. man. I'll sign off now, and I'll hear your thoughts. Thank you, brother. Thank you, Rosh. Appreciate you. Much love as always. See ya. You're the band. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Yash also makes really good points around if if there is a global U-turn, one would think that from a stock perspective, Tesla would would obviously benefit. And I think that's gonna ease. <laughs> Look at the doggy behind me. Who's who knows what's gonna actually happen? But uh if a company is really well financially positioned and they are looking like they're growing massively into the next few years, it stands to reason that if the climate from a macro perspective is, say, helpful for those companies in that sort of macro environment, then it would make sense that Tesla goes up and then a lot of the sentiment that's tied to the performance of the stock could ease. But at the same time, nobody knows what can happen. And this is this last year was a big lesson for us. But, you know, hopefully... I think the last 12 to 13 months, I made a joke on Twitter. I said, ever since I left Tesla, we literally me leaving Tesla uh, a month and a half later, it was like the market peak and it's just been bear market since. So I'm the reason why we're here. Ultimately, I'm just kidding. But anyway, thank you, Josh, for coming on. Let's do some questions in the comments here for, uh, for the last uh, uh, bit of the stream. Maybe we'll go for, for uh, maybe like 15, 20 minutes more. We'll call it an hour and a half and then uh, we'll take it from there. All right, we got Boss Saw, Buzz Saw Lightyear. Where's the music producer wife? I was like vibing earlier on. Uh, how do you feel about getting a call option for two years from now? I will give zero opinion on anything options. I did calls back in the day. I got burned and I'm super allergic and I'm not qualified to give an opinion on this. So I would recommend um, other YouTube channels for that uh, question, but I appreciate your question. Let's do the next one. Hey, Jeff, uh, question. I think Twitter is getting better and Elon is airing the dirty laundry out. But once it's out, it's not too bad and understandable. I support everyone having an account as I cannot um, as I cannot look. Um, Yeah, I I do agree that Twitter is getting better. I think what I'm what I'm seeing is that people are emboldened to speak their mind more, which is helping sort of heal from what my perspective It's helping heal people's sort of ability to perhaps feel a little bit hesitant or scared to agree with something that's controversial. <laughs> so from that perspective, that's a healthy thing as a human being. You don't want to carry weight on your brain that is like, oh my God, I feel this way, but I feel really bad thinking about it this way. Even if, you know, even if it's not that damning, having more voices out there that help you exercise those feelings, I think is super important. And having a forum where all of us can get together and talk through that is, is, is super, super important as well. As well, And then airing the dirty laundry builds trust, one would think, right? So all those Twitter files and stuff. It's like, hey, this is what happened. 
this is why uh and this is what we're going to do different you know and and we're going to execute in a sense that we're going to build that trust so um yeah it's a net positive for sure it's a net positive uh jay lizard thank you so much for the two dollar super sticker this stream here doesn't even show the stickers they show up on, on youtube but not on stream here thank you jay lizard appreciate you very very much uh richard question for elon is autism on the Neuralink plans for helping uh in one in 30 people um yeah i don't know i don't know that's a, that's an interesting question i think one of the um and again i'm not i'm no i'm no expert when it comes to you know atypical or typical neurological sort of um uh yeah states or whatever you want to call it so i i don't know i don't know how to answer that question but there are things related to say the brain that the neuralink was could potentially help in but i don't know if autism falls in that uh sort of arena so i don't know if there's others in the comment section that can answer that question but i unfortunately don't know and i'm not even <laughs> so uh but thank you for the question um Next question. If Tesla does 1 trillion plus profits a year after 2035, which is possible, then what percent of that do we expect to be buybacks? If it's 50%, then we are adding a trillion in market cap every two years. Yeah, I mean, 2035 is, you know, I, I did a, one of my earliest videos was doing a model that sort of pushed stuff out to 2035 and just working in, obviously it's hypotheticals. I don't have a crystal ball, but sort of framing the long-term potential of the company from a product perspective, just how much money they could make theoretically. And so at that point, you know, one could make the argument that Tesla could become a, a sort of a, a place where <laughs> they figure out how to give uh, a lot of the profits back to shareholders or even better society. But one of the ways of doing that could be to just make all that technology so damn cheap that everybody has access to it. And then you allow the economy to grow even further in the future. So that is like kind of what I'm thinking through is like, is Tesla going to hoard the profits or are they going to make everything so damn cheap that everybody's going to have, be able to make say an, an, a beautiful future, an awesome future, like make the bot as affordable as possible, make full self-driving as affordable as possible, whatever other things they work on, solar and battery, make it as affordable as possible so that uh, humanity can, can, save the resources they have and the money they have to build bigger and better things for the future and one could make the argument well if you're a shareholder theoretically having dividends or buybacks helps that shareholder achieve that mission but it becomes a question of have of ha and have nots and yeah it, it's a fascinating question that's i think that's the type of dialogue we're going to have in 2030 fascinating question thank you so much so the next one jeff do you think Elon works better under the pressure of FUD being the underdog and generally disliked? Um, there was an interview that Elon had, I think, with Rain Wilson back in the day. I want to say like 2014. And Rain Wilson, for those that don't know, he's the actor that played uh, Dwight Schrute in The Office. And he had this uh, interview series, Banana Pancake or something. It was like some crazy name. But it was an awesome interview of Elon. It was very human and real. I highly recommend everybody go check that out. It's, it should be on YouTube. Just type Rain Wilson, Elon Musk. It should come up. And Rain asked him that question. And the answer from Elon was, I work best under pressure. Like pressure and necessity are the things that really drive him to create the best things he can. And half of me says the reason why he took on Twitter was because he, maybe he felt like he didn't have enough pressure. <laughs> and then it went crazy. <laughs> Not crazy, but like he's like, you know, he has 
you know, he's talked about how sometimes he's a chickmunk. He, he, you know, he bites off more than he can chew. I think he's very much in that stage of his career at the moment again. Uh, so, but maybe that's what fuels him. And ultimately, that's what makes him work best. And he knows himself better than anybody else. So uh, I wouldn't put it past him. Thanks for the question. How about a matte black guitar? Chrome deleted guitar. Yeah, dude, I've been... I've been looking at guitars. I'm probably going to wait a little bit to get a third guitar. I haven't been able to play my guitars too much as of late, unfortunately. So I put that on the back burner for a little while. But once I get back into my guitar phase, I'm looking for the third one. A matte black guitar sounds sick. So that could be it. Thank you very much. Thanks for the question. Uh, question from V. Long time watcher and listener. So I'm sure everybody else has been. Thank you so much. Uh, how does a recession in 2324 affect te- affect Tesla's 50% growth projections for the next three to five years? So that's a really good question. This is how I think about it. I could be right or wrong, but this is how I'm conceptualizing it. So if 97% of the total fleet of vehicles in the world is not electric, meaning that they're all operating in gas cars, um, that's roughly one point call it three, six billion vehicles in the world right now that essentially will be replaced into the future with electric vehicles because they're cheaper to run, more reliable. You know, we all know this stuff already, right? So even in a recession, unless unless literally everybody stops buying cars, I think EVs will continue to grow. Um, maybe not at 50%, maybe at 45%. I don't know what the number is, but growth still very much exists because that fleet will be turned. And I think in a recessionary environment, governments will go out of their way to create demand for the next generation of products that are going to grow the economy. And EVs, solar, like renewable stuff is, is a super big ticket item. And in a way, the IRA that kicks in in January is sort of a stimulus if you really think about it for the economy in respects to battery production ev production and things like that and i think other governments world governments if they haven't already will institute programs like that and that's going to benefit companies like tesla tremendously so that's how i think about it i could be completely wrong and say i am wrong and a recession does hurt tesla and other ev companies tremendously my worry is that everything else is super screwed because if people are not buying Teslas, I don't think they're buying anything. So that's how I think about it. Great question. Thank you. Let's do uh, let's do a few more. Jay Lizard, the question, should Tesla come up with a better names uh, than YX, Cybertruck, and Semi-Truck? It's like naming your kid, son, one, and young and youngest daughter. Uh, I don't, yeah, I think naming conventions or whatever. The way I view it is the product is what makes the name. And, uh, you know, like Google, what the hell is Google? Who would name a shop Amazon? Like, why would you call your website Amazon? Yet here we are, you know? What's another like crazy one? There was a company's name I saw recently. I'm like, what the hell is that? But like everybody gets it. I forget what it was. Um, Yeah, I I don't don't mind the naming convention. It is what it is. And the sexy thing is cute. (laughs) If you really think about it. But great question. Thank you. Let's do another one. By the way, shout out to producer wife. My God, what a great job you're doing today. Thank you so much for your help. Uh, Tesla bite size questions. Thoughts on a smaller and cheaper Cybertruck? Could this be a huge hit and do some great volumes? This has been brought up in the community before. I think it's an interesting question. 
I do think there is a market for a smaller pickup truck. But then the question becomes if Cybertruck does in turn like hit the price sort of threshold where the next say three to five years that form factor is going to pull everybody in then a smaller car is not really not needed a smaller pickup truck specifically and just look at the three and the y as an example these are cars that were launched model three was launched in 2016 and we're six years into their uh like product cycle model y has kicked in as well uh since 20 what 19 2018 and these things are growing like crazy like crazy so it could take a while for that smaller cyber truck to come to fruition so yeah we'll see i wouldn't be surprised if they don't though great question thank you next one uh, adam question what do you think will happen if q4 is an epic if it comes in mixed like q3 i've thought about that and i i wonder if part of the reason why tesla has not been <laughs> very call it receptive to the investing community's concerns is because they have something up their up their sleeve for Q4 that thought has crossed my mind, like, like they just know something crazy is going to happen. But again, that's just maybe the optimist in me, and I'm just making stuff up to try to, um, what's the word? You know, justify <laughs> what's going on now. So, if it's not epic, it's going to be yet another, uh, you know, to call it an attack vector. That's going to say, well, you said this, but now this happened. You said you weren't going to sell shares, but this happened, right? And again, doesn't matter what the context is in. You know, you said buy the dip and you put out a kind of a dud of a Q4. This is all perception. These are all perception questions. And that's why, <laughs> that's why it's so important in times like these for perception to be at least discussed because it does impact sentiment. So, yeah, I I, th I think if it comes in mixed, it's going to erode trust with some, for sure. But it can be cured immediately if it's, say, Q1, Q2 come in gangbusters and they beat everybody's expectations by a lot. That's that's how you fix that sort of problem. You you sort of re-engage that trust. And yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm optimistic, but I'm usually an optimistic person. Not usually. I am a freaking optimistic person. Sometimes too optimistic. <laughs> Cindy, question. Do you think it's possible Elon is being quiet because he knows how much good news he has to share in Q4 call and is setting a bear trap? Yeah, I literally just mentioned this. This is you and I are on the same wavelength. Um, yeah, the thought has crossed my mind. Um, the thought has crossed my mind. It's like, but then you're also pissing off a lot of people <laughs> in the meantime, too. So like, wh what's the point? Like, what are you really trying to prove? Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. I do think Q Q4 is going to be very strong. It's going to be a record quarter. It's going to be a record quarter. It All signs point towards this being a record quarter. It's just a question of will it beat the expectations of the market, but more importantly, of the Tesla community when the word Epic Q4 was thrown out. So it's going to be very interesting to watch. Very interesting to watch. Great question, Cindy. Thank you. Let's do a few more. Uh, Just, what is your Tesla price target and where do you see the stock in the coming years? Um, so I put out a video. Actually, I'll refer you to that. I don't want to take up too much time here. I appreciate the question. But if you look at my channel, I put out a video probably a month or two ago. If you type Farzad Misbahi Tesla price targets, look at my most recent one. 
I have it literally broken down year by year. Uh, check it out. And for all of those that are interested as well, make sure you check it out. If there's any mod in the comments section, I can post that video link as well. That would be super helpful. But yeah, uh, I have it all outlined all the way out to 2035 per year. Thank you for the question. Let's do the next one. Oh, producer wife. Yeah. Uh. Do you think the special robo taxi is a small minibus? Um, this is like, I keep changing my mind on this every minute, I feel like, because I've put out content where my, my, I conceptualize RoboTaxi as a box on wheels, where the interior form factor will be fully customized depending on what the market demanded from an autonomous vehicle, which is basically a home on wheels, if you really think about it. So the a form factor that is, say, larger to accommodate parties, concerts, I don't freaking like get creative, right? Like if you're not driving, you're doing whatever you want in the car. Think about the different industries that can be created from that concept. But then again, on that semi, <laughs> the semi presentation, the, the robo taxi was covered by by a thing, by a, by a, you know, like a blanket or whatever. And uh, I'm trying to like dissect, oh my God, it's got a hood. It looks like it has a hood. Then people are like, well, it could just be a stock image or it could just be a pillow, just a very expensive pillow. Um, I think there's a use case for a RoboTaxi to be a small minibus, a minibus, especially in an environment where full self-driving is approved and it's catching fire like crazy, like self-driving technology. Ultimately, I think that's going to be the best form factor because it will allow all the industries that could possibly arise from having that quote unquote space on wheels where you're doing whatever you want while you're going from point A to point B becomes realized. Um, but I don't know if this is going to be like RoboTaxi version one. It's going to be fascinating to watch. Thank you very much for the question. Let's do a couple more. Producer wife, killing it. What do you think about uh, Koguan being unfollowed? Yeah, we spoke about this a little bit earlier uh, in the stream. Uh, Koguan has done a really good job speaking up about some of the frustrations with part of the Tesla community. And of course, he is more than uh, allowed and welcome to voice his opinions. He has been beating a very loud drum lately. And I think it's just a matter of emotions running high in a way, uh, probably between both parties, Elon and, and Koguan. They're both great people, obviously. They're both really good guys. So I think just emotions are running high. And, um, you know, it's just a humans humans human sometimes it is what it is so I, I wouldn't read too much into it i think that that situation will sort of solve itself i am you know i don't think he's gonna sell any shares if he wants to of course that's his right but i don't think this is what the outcome is i that's just it's just uh it's a emotional time in the tesla community and emotional things happen and that's okay nothing wrong with that thank you for the question uh george Shout out George. He's very active in the comment section. Thank you so much. Uh, why do you think Apple... Uh, well, sorry. <laughs> why do you think people are willing to buy Amazon stock at PE of 80 with declining EPS and ignore Tesla at PE of 42 with growing EPS? George, if I knew the answer to this question, I would be a trillionaire. <laughs> this, I mean, this is, you know, as an investor who is trying to identify companies that bring a lot of value, who are, who have a lot of long-term potential... This is the kind of question that boggles my mind. And this is the kind of question that I think stokes the fire of, hey, Tesla's perception is not as good as you think in the broader markets. And this is why it's not being invested to, in, into because it's not viewed as a 
investable company by people that can drive these valuations. So, and it's hard for me to not agree with that when you outlier like that. So, um, I am quite optimistic that at some point that will change, you know, but it's just, it's just a matter of executing at the highest level possible, continuing to generate profits, show that you're not just a car company, but you're really a tech company that's in literally every single game breaking field of the next 10 to 20 years. And then fix a couple things from a perception perspective and at that point you literally have you literally can't do anything else and you're just at the whims of the universe so um and then it is what it is <laughs> so yeah but that's a really good question and uh yeah very good question george thank you so much let's do uh let's do one or two more robert have you have there been any other news or reports about the animal abuse at Neuralink, or was it another just another hit piece from Reuters? Yeah, I mean Reuters is. I've lost a lot of faith, <laughs> to put it say mildly, mildly, in Reuters and other publications. Um, I'm not going to say it's true or false, but you know th there is a there is a, a history of negative articles that hit Tesla that are not factually correct from that publication specifically. So I have a tough time believing it. Um, but you know, I think it's fair to question if you have the facts, I'm not going to deny or agree with the story, but I just, I have a tough time believing Reuters when they've been clearly wrong or stoking some sort of storyline in different things in respects to Tesla and Elon Musk. And that's a shame because I used to trust Reuters and I don't anymore. So, but that's just my personal opinion. Uh, everybody's welcome to feel exactly how they want. Thank you. Let's do one more. Hey, oh, she's picking a good one. Which one is it going to be? One more. One more. What is it going to be? And... Okay, perfect. <laughs> Tesla news tonight with a bot and a heart. If you like this shirt, I have a link for that in the description below. If you want to support the channel through merch. Um, if you want to become a patron and be part of a community forums and have access to our private Discord where we have a lot of really awesome discussions. I can't thank our community enough, honestly. I'm so blessed and lucky to say I have the community that I do. And y'all are freaking awesome, man. I love you guys so much. I really do. I'm so appreciative of your support. I love what we're doing together. I, I feel very lucky to be able to come on a stream. Just throw a link out there. Invite everybody who then wants to come on on. Leave the comments wide open for people to share their thoughts. Um, as long as you're subscribed. <laughs> just because the bots have been freaking crazy. But yeah, I just thank you so much. Thank you so much for everything, for your support, for your kind words, for your feedback, for your thoughts that challenge, you know, me and the status quo. And they challenge some of the great things about Tesla and, and all that other stuff. So Thank you. Continue doing what you do. I think ultimately that's what's most important. And I'm going to try, continue to try my absolute hardest, hardest to build a platform and a community that is welcoming to all ideas so that we can discuss them freely. And in hopes that we use that, those data points to help us understand how the future is going to pan out, understand the current things that are going on in, in, in our daily lives and to hopefully, you know, better ourselves as, as people that can 
make the best decisions we can in an environment where it's probably difficult to do from an emotional perspective, but those are really the most important times where all of us need as much data as we can to make the right decision. So thank you guys so much. We'll see you tomorrow. Lee from Tesla Economist will be on on our community forum. And yeah, thank you. Love you guys. See you in the next one. Bye-bye.